holy bajoli, we got Linky back. We got Lincoln Mitchell back from the left coast. It's been a minute, like four years of a minute. And boy, I'm pretty sure Linky got a lot to say. So we're going to get done with this intro anyway. I'm going to get something better, but not today. Here comes the rant about anything and everything that can drive a sane person stark, raving, mad, and it's mostly probably going to be about all the political bullshit and the dying of our democracy. So cheer up and stay tuned. (laughs) So it's like... And people will just keep texting while we're starting because that's how live podcasts go from the studio. One studio on the right coast, one studio on the left coast. Linky's back. Lincoln, four, like it's literally been like four years or some three wow. years. Something like that's the people. Listen, everybody wants you back. They are so sick of listening to just me ramble on about the bat, the bat shit crazy. And I have to tell you, I've crossed the point where I, I, there's a part of me that's really legitimately scared. Like, if there's a little... Wait, hold on. Before, before we get how terrified we are, if you want more of me, you should subscribe to my Substack, Kibitzing with Lincoln. I write two to three times a week. I write about domestic politics. I write about politics and history of San Francisco, and I write about baseball. You can get a free subscription. If you have a little extra do-re-mi, it's a $60 a year annual subscription. That helps keep it going. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Mitchell Minute, which is like a minute... Uh, on politics every day, and the first Mitchell Minute was recorded by Randy. Yeah, it was a great idea we came up with. On the Hill, Circling the Hill. now had over 1,600. You have over 1,600 Mitchell Minutes? Yep. That's amazing. It's been a while. We walked that circle. Like late summer 2019. We put in our time on that hill. We left some footprints. And now... I think I try to calculate how many miles. It was well over 1,000 that I've walked around that circle. Each one is a quarter mile. I mean, it's been years. I've been doing it since 2010. That's, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's amazing that that how time is just, time continues to tick. And and it's like a bomb now, which is, I don't know if you could, you know, I know you can't say that on an airplane like Zoolander, but I think it's, I don't know where to start, Lincoln. I don't, I, we don't even have to go. I don't even want to touch on like Ukraine. I want to start with like this, this whole insanity because I think it's going to be death before jail. I don't think Trump is going to see a day in a jail cell unless he's there holding, waiting for a trial. Like there's not, he's not going to jail. I remember I've said the very first Mitchell minute, I said, this doesn't end with Trump in jail. Um, so I agree with you, but I want to add something else that, that is important here. I had a discussion recently with a high-powered and well-connected attorney who knows his stuff. And he says, you know, Trump is, Jack Smith is going to indict Donald Trump. And I said, yeah, I probably, you know, he's a lawyer. You know better than I do. I'm not going to argue with that. It's not just any lawyer. He's from the fucking Hague. The guy, like, puts away war criminals. Here's the thing. If you indict him and if you convict him and even if you send him to jail, this doesn't end. Right. He continues to run. He gets at least 45% of the vote. He gets at least 180, worst case scenario, 180 electoral votes, probably a lot more. The fascist movement, and we have to use the F word, it has gone from being, um, you know, kind of hyper, uh, over over, over, an exaggeration and and, and hyperbole 
to use the word to use the fascist word that now it is intellectually irresponsible if we don't. But it's but they don't do it. They don't call he is now a certified rapist. Every time someone talks about him in the media, they need to call him the former president, rapist, impeached, indicted. All of these words, the media is so much to blame for. They are so candy-coating this shit. They're trying to it's make... Not, it's not just Trump, and that's that's where that's why I get concerned. Because, look, you said... No, it's everybody. It's the whole party. Not one right. Republican right. gets a pass anymore. I mean, so, so they interview some idiot Republican, Josh, you know, I don't know, some senator, and instead of saying... You know, and they say they start with you know. So, what is your view on this new tax bill? When they should be asking is before we get into the new tax bill, I just want to remind our voters that Senator So and So believed that what happened on January sixth wasn't a very big deal. Now let's pivot and talk about the tax bill, right? The 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 right. They also how they voted. They need to state their voting record so people know everything that they voted against. The political the political elite, of which I'm a part, right? The media elite, of which I'm peripherally a part does not want to look at the fascist threat in the eye. They want to believe that if Donald Trump is indicted, this goes away. They want to believe that there is not some non But he has been indicted, and it hasn't gone fucking anywhere. It's actually gotten better for him. So, so, so in Politico this week, Rich Lowry, who is, who's, whose role in the media sphere is to take Trumpism and make it palatable for, you know, wealthy white people who just want low taxes and racism, um, has said, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy is going to have a moment. Vivek Ramaswamy has as much chance of being the Republican presidential nominee as I have of playing first base for the Yankees if Anthony Rizzo is hurt, right? It's not going to happen. But that's the fantasy world in which they live because the reality that is staring us in the face is so terrifying. And it's terrifying for you and me as kind of ordinary people, but it's terrifying for the political leadership because it means everything they've been saying is wrong. And it's terrifying for us as Jews. It's terrifying. We're not only political people. We happen to be one of the marginalized right. people and, that are completely railed against. And, and for some reason, and because I think I've had this conversation, and I think Sarah Silverman does sums it up better than everybody else when she does talk about anti-Semitism and why it's always the Jews that come to everybody else's help first, and then everybody, nobody runs to help us. But, but let me... Let me. So Bobby Kennedy Jr. makes these outrageous statements, right? About yeah. COVID, right? And but I want to say something about that, and then I want to make another comment. But so many people, oh, Bobby Kennedy, this is anti-Semitic. But let me tell you something: if you were silent, if every time you listed off all the bigotries of Trump and you left Jews off because you didn't want to go there, right? If you have stood up against racism and and homophobia and not listed. Uh, anti-Semitism, because the Jews have in front and center from this MAGA movement, then you are part of the problem. And I don't want to hear it just because it's convenient to attack Bobby Kennedy now. You are part of it. And that goes for a lot of people that you and I would think of as being on the same page politically. I want to tell you a quick anecdote here. I, I, I had a grad student come to me last semester, uh, last fall. Very smart student. And student says to me, this was after I think Trump had met with um, Kanye. Yay, oh. right? And Nick Fuentes, who was this terrible anti-Semite down in Florida, right? They had dinner together. Student comes to me, and the student says, I'm really upset about this. This is really scary. The student's Jewish. I'm, I'm very concerned about this anti-Semitism. I don't know what to do with it. I find it very frightening and upsetting. And I say to the student, I'm trying to have as few identifiers as possible. because I say, but listen, and, and my students, my grad students are my son's age now. My, my, you know, my older son, my children's age. So I said, and she knows I'm Jewish. That's why she comes to me. And, and I say, student comes to me, and I say, 
well, would you like me to tell you what I tell my sons? And she says, Susan says, yes. I'm now said it's she. So she says, yes. Yeah. And, and I said, well, what I tell my sons is nobody likes the Jews. Just get used to it. Nobody likes the Jews. Some individuals might like some of us individuals. Basically, nobody likes the Jews and you have to live with that. And she looks at me and says, and says, is that really what you tell your sons? <laughs> well, yeah. Didn't your parents tell you that? <laughs> You're like, I feel so much. She probably loves saying I feel so much better now. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad I opened like, up to like, you. Like you have to, like, it's, just, it's, it's so apparent now, right? I mean, there's, I don't know if you're familiar with the Tom Lehrer song. Maybe we can put it in the, uh, in the show notes. The Tom Blair song, National Brotherhood Week, you know the song? No. It was a song written in the 1960s uh, when they were trying to, the kind of the, the liberal kind of adaptation of the civil rights and when National Brotherhood Week, we're all going to try to get along, right? And it was a silly idea. Tom Blair was a satirical singer who was Jewish. And, and there's a line of the song, uh, it's a very funny song, on YouTube at National Brotherhood Week, Tom Blair. And there's a line of the song, oh, the Catholics hate the Protestants. And the Protestants hate the Catholics, and the Hindus hate the Muslims, and everybody hates the Jews. And I, I assign that to my students because, like, that's just it's. But 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 we're able to laugh at it. But this is no longer even close to a laughing matter. It's not the the ranting on the far right, you know. And I'll tell you something else because now you've got me off on, on, on a rant here. Go ahead. In Charlottesville. Remember in Charlottesville, the yes. beginning of the Trump administration. Do you remember what they chanted? Jews will not replace us. Correct. Right? Remember that. Jews will not replace us with their tiki torches and all that crap. Yep. So many times in the media, even among liberals, that is quoted as you will not replace us. Why? Because even well-meaning liberals don't want to say that the Jews are being targeted again. It makes them feel uncomfortable because they look around America and they say, I don't know, you're all educated, you're all rich. Well, that didn't help us in the past, right? But, but that's – I find that, that absolutely chilling. It is because Ron DeSantis just – and what the problem is, is like he's, he's pulling the shit where I'll post it. Oops, I'll make a mistake. I'll delete it and apologize. And I have to, I follow Ruth Ben-Giad on Twitter and, you know, she writes. Oh, a, X, it's called X. Oh, it's called. Ugh, we can talk about that absolute shit show. I've never, I can't wrap my head around somebody who has more money than a human will ever need in 50 lifetimes and wakes up every morning and chooses to be an asshole. Like just. I understand he's on the spectrum. I am not. This is in no way a, a, a slam on his disability ability, acknowledging the fact when it's convenient for him that he's autistic. Right. He doesn't. He uses it as as leverage. He does not acknowledge it when it's not convenient for him to do but it's it. It's also his massive insecurity. Of right? course, he's he's that first of all because he knows he's a fraud. He's a fraud. He stole. And he takes it out on the world. Every idea That's he's like, had, he stole. Nothing is his originally. Nothing belongs to him. Everything, and I learned that from listening to the True Anon pod. And they are the first, they're so far left. They're like off the cl- they're off the flat Earth. That's how far left. But they went in and did a deep dive on a, like a three episode binger on the circus that is Elon Musk, and they just pulled the. The, the covers back on like the fact that he literally stole everything from everybody and came from, you know, the rich mining right. family and all that kind of, but anyway, he's, as my father would say, he made his money the old fashioned way. He inherited it. Yeah. Shocker. And the fact that he has a, pl- I don't know, I, that's a whole nother psychosocial like mind fuck that really, I, if somebody dissects that, and there is a guy on Twitter that does the whole body language breakdown that I find fascinating. I take very few deep dives anymore. 
on that hellscape, and there's a guy who is a doctor, and he breaks down, like, Trump's body language, DeSantis's body language, and when they're in photos, and how they position themselves and where their hands are. It's fascinating. Fascinating. But that gets me back to the fact that it's fascinating that people will let someone like Ron DeSantis get away with playing a ridiculous homophobic video with black suited militia with some bayonet bullshit with a giant spinning Nazi disc in the background that they push in on when it ends and it spins and spins and spins and then he's like oops my bad let me take that down but that's the same wink and the nod that that stand by and stand back bullshit was that's right and and DeSantis is going nowhere but that should get you kicked out I don't I I don't it does I mean this is Yes. No, no, there's not, this isn't, you know, I, I mean, the, the where does free use, speech? This is my problem, because it's what? I understand the free speech aspect of our, hate speech, free speech. Where the line? We have no line in the sand in this okay, country. But the thing is this. I mean, I mean, we. We are we are indoctrinated with these ideas. I don't mean that in, in, in I want to use in a value neutral world word way. We are taught these ideas. We are a democracy. We have free speech. The Constitution is a sacred text. None of these things are true, but if we all believe them, we can kind of make them true. But, you know, I I tell my students, nobody really believes in free speech. When I was in college, and I'm sure you probably, maybe you were fortunate enough not to know these kind of schmucks in college, but there were always these Republicans who would quote this line, Samuel Johnson or someone like that, I may disagree with everything you say, but I will fight to the death for your right to say it. And they were proud free speech. This is the Elon Musk thing. It's all bullshit. They don't believe in free speech. Their idea of free speech, and this is true for most people, is I get to say what I want and you can go fuck yourself. And that is, and, and what's happened now is that we have pushed and pushed on a system. And at the end of the day, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I, I come back to, you know, we, we, we a, a friend of mine said, and I think he was really, it was a good insight. We, meaning the left, Democrats, he's a similar political views, said, and but he's a very, but you know, Andy's a very smart guy, and he said, we think in terms of laws. They think in terms of power. And when you think in terms of power, I, I know it's not. I, I, I am aware that, that I am not quoting one of the history's great humanitarians, but somebody who knew a little bit about power was was Mao. And you remember what Mao said about political power? No. Mao said, political power stems from the barrel of a gun. Okay, now this was somebody who was not a Democrat. Right. Um, But very smart. I mean, obviously. And he's not wrong. In some core way. You know, so, so we have a constitution. We have this body of law. We believe in this principle of rule of law. Kind of. Because we can't have it just be from the barrel of a gun. But you can't... But then they're coming along and saying, that's all bullshit... We have the guns, we have a slight majority because of the quirks of our constitution, and we're going to bring about this system that is going to strip many people of their lives, in many cases, in more cases their rights, and in even more cases their equality, which is going to use the state. And here's why I want to use the F word, the fascism word. Use the state as a tool to impose a system and a set of beliefs on everybody. Right. Right. That is what they are doing. This thing in Florida with teaching that African slaves, African people 
and their descendants who were brought over here in a slave ship, in a in slave ships, I mean, not yeah, one, yeah. many, in a middle passage that killed millions. The passage, not the slavery. Right, right. The pass- and then hundreds of years of slavery, one of the worst human rights crimes against humanity in history, okay? And they're going to tell people that they learn valuable skills. That is the Florida curriculum. That is fascism. But why, but why are we not, but I agree with you a thousand percent and it's infuriating and it's, it's, it's so enraging and it is so mind boggling that I can't wrap my head around it and I don't understand why, what it's going to take at, at what point do we just say, fuck it, everybody, if I, at what point as, as if, if I was African, do you stop working? Do you walk off your job? Do you say, here's my valuable skills that I learned? Go fuck so yourself. Like, I'm not working like, anymore. In the 1619 Project, uh, one of the essays in the Times and then later in the book was by a woman talking about her father, an African-American, an African-American woman talking about her father, who had been a veteran. And it was talking about her father who would raise the flag, the American flag, every day. And, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said, it is astounding that African-Americans are patriotic, right? This didn't have to go that way, right? So I don't know, we're two middle-aged Jews I don't know what we should be telling people. You know, I, I don't know what I... I don't know what to do. I don't understand. I know I know we talk... That rage and that anger, how does it not get deeper? And, and who wants to live in a country where we are deliberately making people angry at each other? I think we're especially way... I think we're country, way... I think we're way past that point. I think... We're past that, but I'm asking, and especially a country where we have, one, a deep history of violence. This is a very violent country, and it is an arm-to-the-teeth country. I have a, a colleague who's a very smart guy, um, and I've been on the radio with him a couple times, and we do the show called The Attitude. It's out of New Hampshire, and it's hosted by this woman named Arnie Arneson, who's a great, great radio host, really one of the very best. And she puts a good panel together. But Arnie's older than me, and Al, this guy, I think his name is Alex, is much younger. So she'll often turn to him and say, so what's your view from a different generation? And he says, as a young person, and he's in his early 30s maybe, and he says, why would any young person want to live in the country that the Republicans are creating? Whether you are, particularly if you're trans, if you're African-American, if you're Muslim, if you're Jewish, if you're an immigrant, if you're the child of an immigrant. But why would anybody? But the irony is all of these people pushing these ridiculous asinine policies are are, are children of immigrants, many of them. Like, I can't, I want to literally punch... Nikki Haley in the face. Vivek Ramaswamy can just take a hike. I mean, it's bullshit. Byron Donald has Herschel Walker the why, shit out of himself. They do it for love. They do it for love. Love of money, right? Is are, is it money? Are they making money? He's auditioning for a lucrative position on Fox, right? He he gets you know twelve percent, a third place finish with twelve percent here, a couple of good sound bites there, and he's on Fox for the rest of his life, making money, spouting right wing propaganda. What's going on in Nikki Haley's head? She's just climbing a ladder. Doesn't matter that the ladder's up against the fascistic wall. She's climbing that ladder, right? I mean, but, but what you're talking about, what we're talking about here, and and and, and, and we didn't even know, mention Tim Scott, who's an absolute embarrassment. But but what we're talking about here is one party that has been captured by a fascist movement. But does he not realize he's black? I mean, I understand. You could hide your Judaism a little bit. You're white. You might not come up. You don't have to wear a Jewish star. You can't. My name's you, Lincoln Mitchell. I mean, your name might not give it away. Tim Scott and Byron Donalds, these Bible-thumping hypocrites, are just absolutely, I don't understand it. I don't. It's a cult. I know we talked about it being a cult. I just, 
I don't know how Byron Donald goes back to his kids and his wife at home after after he hears Wait. stuff out of Ron DeSantis's mouth about slaves and is still kissing Donald Trump's orange ass. Like there, I, you can't square that circle. You know, there's that famous quote that that power corrupts, but but does it? It makes you fucking stupid. What it corrupts is your mind, right? It's the proximity to power, right? And and um. To use a term I was unable to use on another radio show because it's celebrity fucking, right? It's it's a kind of existential version of that. It's that I need I have a chance. I'm a U.S. senator. Being a U.S. senator is a big deal. It is a big deal for anybody. The fact that Tim Scott has used that position to make this a worse country is 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 that's on him, right? But the the power of wow, I could. I mean, Tim Scott's not going to be president, right? But he perpetuates. But he perpetuates the yes. bullshit and falls in line with with people that actually really want to run him out of a small town, for for lack of a better word. Like I mean, they really want are grifting off of the criming. But he's part of the grift. But I mean, look at I mean the extreme version of this is Clarence Thomas, right? Yeah. Well. But Clarence Thomas has enriched himself. He has had a, a life that, I mean, he's, and, and there's a complicated psychological dynamic there, right? He's an angry guy, whatever it is. But, but for me, it's beyond the human, like, like, like I hate a lot of these people, right? And, and I mean, I was having a conversation recently and I was listening to a conversation, a friend of mine was on the, she kind of shared my views, was having with a conservative friend and the, the conservative friend was saying all these things about Biden. And my friend says, I agree with you. He says, you're the one that's in a cult. I don't think Biden's right a hundred percent of the time. And and I, I don't like any of these people, right? I mean, I, I vote for Biden, obviously. You know, he's pretty good. He's very good president on legislative stuff. He's had some other problems. But I don't – the bigger picture here that, that concerns me – What's going to die first, Trump or democracy? <laughs> oh, okay, but that's, that's one way to look at it. But another way to look at it is how will we know when the democracy has died? No one will have any rights. The only people that will have rights left will be cis, hetero, white, no, white that's an extreme people. Version. That's an extreme version. That, that's, that's, when the, that, that's when the hellscape is here. But, it's, but democracy dies way earlier than that. But it, I think dies? it is dying. I think it is in well, the no, process of dying. Point. That's my point. Our, I mean, so, so I, I, if you get up in the morning, right, which is always a good idea, you get up in the morning and you just, that, that, that fucking fire hose of bad shit that's coming down the news, right? If you get up and you say, while you're doing your meditation or your affirmations or walking the dog or something, I no longer live in a democracy. If you begin your day by saying that, everything makes sense. If you begin your day by saying, I live in the greatest democracy in the world, everything is cognitively dissonant. We are now in a democracy where we've institutionalized minority rule, where we have a minority veto, where we have made it harder for one group of citizens based on their race to vote than another group of citizens, right? These are not things that democracies do, right? Where one group, where we have a law, an amendment to our constitution that says you can have unlimited weapons, that is interpreted to mean you can have unlimited weapons, parentheses, with sotto voce, if you're white, right? Right. This is not how democracies function. We, have a, we are in a country where a group of people violently stormed the Capitol to disrupt a process where somebody wanted a free and fair election, given against the uphill battle that was our system, wins the election, frankly, by a handsome margin, and they decide, screw it, we don't like this guy, we're going to try to kill the vice president, kill the speaker of the house, almost burn the fucking place down, and 
the leaders of one of our parties says, ah, it's a tourist thing, it's not a big deal. That doesn't happen in democracies. So instead of saying, wow, we're approaching a concept, I have a theory, not a theory. I tell people that imagine this, a scenario. You're sitting home doing whatever it is you do and a giant spaceship, <laughs> giant spaceship lands on the Capitol and kidnaps the president, the entire member, all of Congress, destroys all those buildings and the Supreme Court. And maybe these people are dead. Maybe they're alive. We don't know. Okay. And there's flames engulfing Washington and there's smoke coming down that's toxic from the spaceship into all the big cities in America. David Axelrod will go on CNN and say, you know, I think we're approaching a constitutional crisis, right? We're way past that. We're not, we're not, we're not in the spaceship scenario, but that's an extreme. The crisis is here. The crisis is in part the constitution. We are not at, we, so, so at what point do we say with our democracy in a country where if you are in the top 20%, and that is where all the opinion makers, and almost all of them, live. Life is still pretty good. So what do we? What do you? What do you call it? What do you? What do you call what well, we? That's a question for. I mean, that's a political science class I could teach, right? So, so it's a semi-democracy. It's a semi-authoritarian regime. It's a sultanistic regime. There's lots of different terms that we use because in political science, if you look at the broader world, it's, is it authoritarian or is it totalitarian, right? Yeah. Um, there's lots of different terms that we use and we discuss this and there's literature written about this. But Americans think either we're, you know, some platonic ideal of a democracy or we're Nazi Germany. Most countries live in the gray area between those two extremes. We're North Korea or we're, you know, Denmark or some fucking thing. Denmark's got its own problems now. But, you right. know, or New Zealand or North Korea or we're New Zealand. That's not how the world really works. Right. We are firmly in the gray area. The oldest continuous... Co- uh, democracy in, in this continent are now Canada and Costa Rica, right? What do you do? I mean, people are defying the Supreme Court. I mean, it's it's when you refuse to acknowledge the laws of the highest court in the land, and you will will not redraw your voting districts so black people can vote. Who goes to these people and says? You should lose. If you did that at your job, this is the shit. If any one of us refused to do any part of our job, they would be like, here's here's a box. Put your shit in it. Thank you. Very, you're fired. These motherfuckers. No, who's firing these people? These people should not live to work another day. Do, anything else on them, like wishing them plagues or any bad karma, that's up to each and voodoo doll fucking pin cushion. There would not be enough pins for all the voodoo dolls, for all the shit, uh, for the evil people that are currently running a shit show of a clusterfuck of a government. And what do you do? Like, who's going to go down to Alabama and be like, uh, knock, knock, hello, uh, this is the law. You need to re- – I'm going to sit here and look over your shoulder while you get out your Sharpie no, and no, redraw that, the fucking map? What you are talking about is not the democracy. It's the country breaking apart. It's the country breaking apart. But what do you do? Ignore that? So then what happens? Like, nobody knows what to do or how to handle it, so it, so it gets no, ignored. I don't I – don't, I, don't, I mean, we talked when Trump first got elected. And we talked, I you know, said on this show over and over again, he won't leave office if he loses, he won't leave office. People said I was yeah. crazy, he didn't leave office when he lost. But I had a plan, I knew what we needed to do. I tried to talk to people, people told me I was crazy. I got some people in some states to listen to me. I don't know what we do. I mean, are, we are at the point where what we do is try to survive. What we do is 
figure out whether we personally and for our families want to stay here and fight or whether we want to go somewhere else. Because, you know, this is not, I mean, the difference, the reason, one reason, one of many, why this is not Nazi Germany is, and we should never forget this, is that the majority are on our side. It just right? doesn't feel like, it feels, it just does because, not because feel like that. political power is not given to the majority. But the majority, in poll after poll, is on our side. We have a system that doesn't award political power to the majority. It gives it to a minority. That's not a democracy. So there is hope, you know, if, if, if there were 20% of the people who thought this was a problem, we would leave. But it's about 51% of think it's a problem. It's worth fighting for. But the changes have to be so radical. And, and the people who will, who will, the cult, the fascist movement, they're willing to use violence in a way that we are not. And I, I don't want to use... How could it get any more... Vi- people are literally being caught in razor wire and drowning. How could it get any more violent? How does Greg Abbott still have a job? How does somebody who it literally... How could it get more violent? There could be a terrorist attack on a uh, legislature that's dominated by Democrats in some city or some state. There could be a terrorist attack Ugh. on a uh, civil rights march. There could be uh, a coordinated attack on 10 Planned Parenthood offices in blue states, right, that, that are attacked at the same time. There are a lot of ways that the violence could get worse. Well, I thought, oh. And that's what happens in countries as they descend into madness, which is where we are going. Now, you know, I mean, that's, I don't have any, I mean, I really... I don't try to be upbeat. I try to kind of see it as I see it. But Well, you have to be because if there is nothing – there really is – I mean, you have to be a little bit – I don't know if it's upbeat, but there were successes. I mean, Joe Biden has had successes in – Right. He's had massive legislative successes. And, and he's, been, he's been, from a legislative perspective, a very good president. My, my point is that the problems cannot be solved – the, the big picture problem is that there's a fascist threat out there. That's the big picture problem. It doesn't have all the power, right? On balance, our side still has a fair amount of political power in this country. One House of Congress, the president, governorships of many major states, right? State, I mean, places like Michigan are now, you know, solid blue in terms of who, who runs them. So there are, I mean, this is, this is a deeply, deeply divided country. And we should, I, I probably should be more clear about that. It's not like we've lost, oh shit, what are we going to do? But the threat is very real and the way you push back, because what we've seen in the last few years is the resiliency of the fascist movement, right? So remember in 2020... Well, they're also doing the shady shit. They're also coming into the school boards. They're also, you know... Right, right, because they're resilient and they're not going away. And and there was this... Remember, there was this brief moment, which I did not embrace after after Biden won, where, okay, thank God democracy survived. No. We just we live to fight another day, which we wouldn't have if Trump won, and we won't have if Trump wins. We won't have Trump wins in twenty twenty four. I don't even know how that's a fucking option. I don't even understand if there are more. I mean, indictments, cases, thing. I don't know how you how people fail to see. It's in. It's not like it doesn't exist. It's not like the boxes didn't exist in the bathroom. It's not like he's not admitting it. It's. It's. I. I just, I don't... You and I, you and I cannot understand the alternate reality in which many people live. It, we just can't understand it because we don't live there. But that is what's going on here. Do they really, do you think like someone, is it like they buy it, they just, they know they're playing a game? Like, tech, I, th- some of those Republicans have to know 
that they are putting on a shit show. I wonder if they go home and they're like, wow, this is really bad, but I can't get out of it now, and I got to continue to play the part. Because well, you me, can't tell me like, that— Like elected officials? Yeah, they can't believe— I don't that, think it matters. I don't think we should waste our time thinking about that. They've decided this is where they're going to cast their lot. I cannot know what someone thinks. Yeah. I can only know what someone says and does. And and if you, if you, what's the word? If you cosplay fascism for five years, you're a fascist. Yeah. I get, yeah. I mean, if you don't denounce anything, it's the silence and complicity that has always been and always will continue to be the, the yeah. biggest problem. And I, you know, and I. The, and, the, and the people do believe it, right? The base of this movement, not everybody, but there is a third or so of the country that deeply believes this. And it, while it, a third of the country cannot govern, this is not enough, but a third can destroy a country. They can't, I, yeah, that's what's terrifying. That's, that's what's, it's terrifying because they just don't, he emboldened their hate. I think what he did, in all honesty, was just kick the door open because they were angry. He enabled their anger. He enabled their hate. And he enabled them to take absolutely no responsibility for their actions because he never took any responsibility for his. That's right. So I don't know even, well, there's so much more to talk about, I guess. And I just, I don't know. Well, let's not talk about how this is going to, we can't know how it's going to turn out. I mean. No, let's, let's, let's. Wrap this up and reconvene in a couple of weeks and discuss more. Yeah. Because we leave our listeners on such a cheery note. I know. It's the cheery note is that you're back, Lincoln, and that's the good I'm back. That's I the good part. Know. You're back. You're you're back-ish, because you're still over there. And and when you're back back, then we could sit and probably have a lot better audio. So I gotta work some magic and uh go turn your space heater back on. Thanks for coming in and uh right on. laying it's it down. And uh let's uh I don't know. Let me know when we got to grab the signs. And, again, and uh, Substack Kibitzing with Lincoln. If you can spare the dough, Ray me, subscribe. YouTube Mitchell Minute. I'm gonna. You're gonna text me those links. I'm gonna put them in the show notes. I'm gonna put them in the tweet. I'm gonna put them on Instagram. All that. Do it now so everybody can hear the bing I when it comes in. And uh, since I have no uh, theme music going on the outro, we'll just uh, we'll just let everybody know that uh, keep the faith. I guess you got to do something. Got to keep it. You know. Yes, keep the faith. It's there's something still worth there. fighting for. All right. If nothing else, it's these podcasts. All right, send me all the shit, Lincoln. I'll talk to you later. Right on. All right, talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye. Find us. Uh, I'm still on the Instagram, although I'm at doodle drips right now until they unrestrict my doodle heads. And we're still jamming every night, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time with the Jam Fam. A little dip in. And uh, sometimes we go a full hour. Sometimes we keep it short and sweet. But that's where we meet. And thanks for listening and uh, keeping it short. Um, because that's the way uh, Lincoln wants it. And so he's the uh, other half of uh, this rant, and uh, it's uh, what Linky wants, uh, Linky gets. All right, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let me know on the Instagram, the Twitter, at Heads of Heads uh, or Doodle Drips. And uh, anything else you want to know from Lincoln, go tweet him, message him, chat him up. And uh, we'll get him back uh, too sweet. All right. Thanks for listening. Yo, stay super duper safe out there and check on your people. Peace and hair grease.